Greetings, and welcome to another episode of... (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for my colleague, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yes, Cranked and Ranked is the show that you have tuned into or you're listening to on your podcast platform of choice. Um, If you're new to this show, we are a, a show where we talk a lot about music, and usually that... The conversations are formed by us ranking discographies of artists, um, really like you know whoever we feel like we want to talk about. But you know it's a lot of lot of rock music and and metal. hell yeah, um, rock and, and metal uh, night. Yeah, and um, as usual, <laughs> old head, your host here with me as always, Mister Eddie Sparks. Sup, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, that was nice. Um, yeah. And uh, and 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 before before we begin, um, I just want to uh, say hello to um, all of the uh, pretentious jerk offs that will be clicking on this video um, because oh. we are going to be talking about Mr. Bungle. Um, mm. the, 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 probably is that our shortest discography we've ever done? Four albums, Mr. Bungle. Very well could be. I know yeah. we've done we've done some that are like five. But four is definitely the shortest we've ever yeah. done. And um and so and I'm saying hello to the pretentious jerk offs because it's been made very clear to me that a lot of people that are really into Mr. Bungle are also really into themselves. Um <laughs> and uh I mean, it's kind there's of there's like, a lot of there's a lot of songs about wanking in this discography, <laughs> so I guess it would make sense. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, Mr. Bungle is quite like Pantera. Now hear me out. Um, oh. Whenever somebody comes to you and says, man, I love Pantera, you're always like, I love them too, but this could go either way right now. <laughs> <laughs> like you could literally uh, be an awful person or, or a cool person that just happens to like Pantera. Um, Mr. Bungle is the same way. I've met people that are great, um, thoughtful music listeners and they understand um, how different music and different fan bases work, and they also really enjoy Mr. Bungle. And then there are other people whose heads are so far up their own asses that I don't I don't even know if I ever <laughs> had an actual conversation or if it's just them. I don't, I don't know what it is. But, it, but there is a level of pretentiousness to some people who are really into Mr. Bungle that is frightening. Um, hmm. So I just want to get that out of the way because we're not those people. In fact, we are. Yes, yeah. we are people that enjoy metal. So I'm sorry. I apologize mm. that we're going to talk about Mr. Bungle today um, because we, everybody knows Mr. Bungle has nothing to do with metal. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's irony, dude. You, you, you don't understand irony. <laughs> that I, honestly, to be to be honest, like like this, like this week preparing for this episode. On a really old Faith No More album ranking I did three years ago, somebody commented and saying that, you know, they love Faith No More, but uh, Bungle's a much better band because they're more diverse. And then their their final line, just to ruin it, that was fine. If you want to say you love Bungle more because they're more diverse, then stop there. But, like I said, head far up his own ass, he had to ruin it in the end by saying, they're, they're probably just too diverse for metalheads. I'm just like, ah, uh, 
right. Yeah. That's a um, wide generalization. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, yeah. I mean, this is like, you have to remember, like I did a, uh, a review of uh, this album right here, the raging wrath of the Easter bunny demo uh, right yeah. after it came out. Very excited about the album. Um, and then there was, there was one guy that commented and he was mad that I used the word weird to uh, describe their music. And it's really because okay. like, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a normal ass dude and I'm trying to communicate to normal ass people. And so sometimes to break <laughs> things down and say like, look, if you don't know this band, let me throw out the word weird, because if you don't know this band, it's probably something you're going to think. Um, uh, but and he, he claimed yeah. that they go ahead. I was just going to say, and let's be real, right? Mr. Bungle is great because they're so fucking weird. Like, <laughs> well, this guy claimed that they weren't weird. They were actually ahead of their time, which is a weird statement to make because we all know it's become so popular to make music that sounds like Mr. Bungle these days, right? Yeah. That's the also, that's a weird phrase to use. First off, but he said that yeah. their music their music was specifically mocking metalheads, and I'm like, I, that seems weird. And he and I think his other statement was he claimed that they were just a bunch of jazz kids who were showing off, and all and metal fans did not like Mr. Bungle, mm-hmm. and um, all of that stuff is complete bullshit. Like, well, okay, except for the part that they were they were in jazz band. Sure, they they did that, um, but they have gone on record saying that they were into metal. All all three all three of the of the of the, the core first, guys that are the, in the, the band. The, the first thing they ever fucking recorded was like a Sepultura esque death thrash demo. But he like, but he this guy was saying that he they were doing it to make fun of metal. They put all that work into it just to make fun of metal. Right, so they put they put together forty minutes of the best thrash album that no one ever heard until the, thirty years later. That's, that's because right. you're not you're not smart enough to get it. You're like that's oh. why, that's it's the it's the it's the biggest con ever. It played. Oh. It's just you know they they I recorded have, this long ass metal thing in order to fuck with the metal fans. Damn, don't I look stupid? I'll yeah, go you, kill myself now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, but. It, it, and I remember, like, he responded back with something even fucking more pretentious. But I basically told him, I go, look, like, I was a fan back in the day, and I also liked Mr. Bungle. I am a metalhead. Everything what you're saying is complete bullshit if you know yeah. anything about the band. Um, I'm not saying that they didn't poke fun at some aspects of metal, because I think a lot of people did. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at, is the fact... I want to get these people already to turn this video off. Because, mm. like... I want to be able to have like an actual human discussion with you about Mr. Bungle, <laughs> you know? Damn right. And and the thing is as well, like that here here's something that always sticks in my mind because I did always kind of feel like which way, how does Patton truly feel about certain things, you know? Because he is a complex character, true, um, and he has a very diverse range, right? Completely wildly insane vocal range six octaves i think it is it's in it's nuts but here's the thing i always thought to myself there's always like a, a sardonic sarcastic edge to like his every move yeah so it, it's always that thing of is he sincere or is he not but that's just part of the charm a but b something that lays to rest the whole thing of they were just taking the piss out of metal um well 
for a, for a start, there's a fucking interview somewhere where Mike Patton says he doesn't trust anyone who doesn't like Slayer. So, uh, yeah, that's a dude that hates but that's, metal. But that's okay. That's like, a band that's okay to like, apparently. So. <laughs> I I I don't I don't know either. We'll get that I out guess of the we, way, but we we don't make the rules, huh? <laughs> no, we definitely do not. Um, for those of you who don't know, Mr. Bungle is a band started by Mike Patton and some of his buddies. But th- this was prior to him being in Faith No More. Um, but after Faith No More broke big, he was able to get Mr. Bungle a record deal and do their de- proper debut album. Um, so it was like you know it. it you know, everybody at this point, it's so weird to say a side project for Mike Patton, because is there any there? There are there's nothing. Everything is like a side project or everything is a real project. Like it's at this point, there's Pat, no main yeah. band. <laughs> Patton himself is a project like, yeah, I, yeah. I And he's just lent his voice and talents to just a shitload of stuff. I, yeah, it, he's done, he's done so much cool shit. And, and and to be fair, like, you know, there are people that are like big Mike Patton fans out there that love everything he's done. I'm going to admit that there are some things that he's done that I go, ah, this is like not as good. And I don't even want to purchase this um, there. Mm. But but the but the big ones, you know, the Faith No More, Mr. Bungle. Um, I like some I like some uh, when it comes to like Tomahawk and stuff like that. Some of it's really good, and some of it I'm like, eh, this isn't really that great. Um, the one project of his that I love that I wish that he would revisit is uh, Peeping Tom. Um, mm. Just because I was like, I like the idea of him saying, like, I'm going to make like a record of what I think is like radio pop music, but yeah. my, through, <laughs> through my lens. Um, and it's just a super enjoyable uh, uh, album. I saw, I saw him on that tour, and, uh, and it was cool. like so much fun. The band he had put together. Um, for that and the the girl that did beatboxing um through the through the whole show they, they were they were fucking great anyway this Sweet. is gonna this is the, gonna be the vibe of because we're going it's the vibe of mr bungle for the most part we're gonna kind of be all over the place i guess yeah um because i don't even remember where i was we we just we're just starting this fucking show <laughs> yeah <laughs> We haven't even done the uh, where we came in on Mr. Bungle yet. So oh, uh, we can do that. Um, so I've said it many times before. I was a gigantic Faith No More fan when the real thing came out. I was in junior high when that album came out, and it was uh, a huge thing for me. I was such a big Faith No More fan that, like, I, you know, recorded every appearance that they had on television. So I had a, t- I had a, I had a VHS that had the music videos from when they would premiere or whatever, or when nice. they would come on. Then I would have whenever they played talk shows, like they played Arsenio Hall and other stuff like yeah. this. It also had award show stuff, like MTV, whatever it was. Whenever there was a a, 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 a place where I knew Faith No More was going to be, it was recorded on that VHS. I don't know where the fuck it is now, but... <laughs> um, I was I was just really into that band, and I and I think it it connected with me because I liked heavy music. I'd already gotten into thrash and some other stuff, but um, I, I guess that was probably around the same time as me getting into thrash. But I liked heavier stuff, but I also felt like an outsider. Even even to this day, we've talked about it. Even with metal, I've always felt like I don't even really fit in there. Even though I like yeah. some shit that's just you would some of the stuff that I like, you'd be like, oh, that guy's just a metalhead. Well, yeah, but in many ways, I also don't fit in the world of of metalheads. Um, and Faith No More was that band that was like, man, this is like 
emerging of things that I like. I liked hip hop. I liked, uh, you know, heavy music, but also it was played by this group of people where you'd see their picture and you'd be like, this is the strangest collection of people. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and it somehow it works and it just feels like music that I had been kind of waiting to hear. Um, and so when the Mr. Bungle album first came out there, the music video for Travolta or, or, uh, quote unquote, I guess it's called now, right. Um, was, uh, not played on MTV, but mm. the local access television station had, a, there was a show where they played all, all sorts of shit. You couldn't see anywhere else. And I saw the Mr. Bungle video for Travolta which, no way. But, um, well, I, I, don't, I don't even know if it was called Travolta at that. They may have already changed the name. I don't, I don't know how quickly that happened in the process of them hmm. changing the name. But anyway, um, I just remember uh, be, having, having, be, having the self-awareness to be like, I think this is a little bit over my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one thing that I do remember thinking was I go, oh, this is. Mike Patton sings differently. And what I was what I was hearing was him singing with his natural voice instead of yeah. the affected thing that he had done on the real thing. Well, for most of the real thing. Some of it he didn't do that. But you get so used to that sort of nasally thing that he was doing yeah. at the time. You the, want it all, yeah. but you can't have it. Or the yeah. or that or the one that you do sometimes that blah 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 blah. <laughs> So when I first so when I first heard it, like I was like, oh, that's interesting that he sings that way. But you know, little as as we would find out, that's pretty much his natural voice. That's how he sounds. Um, with he still does his little his little things here and there that make it unique. Um, but um, so yeah, so honestly, like I I knew who they were, and I and I heard the album, but it took a few years for me to like fully get into it. Because I was like, man, there's, there's, there are things on this that I really like and other things that I feel like I'm just not smart enough for. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> um, and so, but you know, I, I, I came around eventually because like my musical taste also expanded even further. And so things started to make more sense to me. Um, and then I've been a fan of theirs ever since. Um, I won't get into like specifics cause I'll get into like what I'm actually talking about with the ranking of the albums. But, um, mm. where, where, where was your uh, introduction? Pretty much the same as you, to be fair, just 20-odd years on. Um, yeah. It was really, you know, I was about 14 when I discovered Faith No More, and I was really digging it. Mm-hmm. And then my uncle comes around, he says, hey, do you know uh, Mike Patton has a bunch of other bands? You should check out Mr. Bungle. And I was like, okay, cool. Checked it out, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like, because like, you know, immediately it it struck me the you know obviously the clown holding the match. I was like, what am I in for here? This yeah. looks like it's this looks like it's heavy, but it looks both like unsettling but also fun. Like, because the thing is, like, it, it's a blue sky behind yeah. the clown, so I'm kind of like. Should I be scared or is he just going to do something really fucking cool? And like that pretty much sums up that album. Uh, <laughs> Next. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Um, but it, this actually segues really well. So should we, do you just want to go into, get into the ranking? 
Um, yeah. So, so to preface it, um, for the, for those of you who are, you know, Bungle fans we're yes, we're only ranking the studio albums because we, we thought about like, Oh, should we just do the original demos as well? But like, those are, I honestly don't like having to go to like YouTube or other places to like find stuff to listen to. I'd rather it's, it's, I I'd want it to be good quality and easier for me to digest, um, while I'm taking yeah. my notes. So um, we, you know, I've heard all of the all, all four of the original demos, but I'm like, yeah, let's stick to. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about, so let's stick with the four full length albums that they released. And so uh, here we go. So yeah, um, only four albums. So um, yeah, we, we're just going to let you know the the tangents roll whenever they happen. But um, <laughs> uh, as usual, throw it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to uh, start us off with his number four. Mr. Bungle album. Cool. So my number four Mr. Bungle album is Disco Volante from 1995. It's just because you're not smart enough to understand this Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that as well because that's <laughs> that of, of all of their albums, this is the one where I do get that vibe where I am like, this is like arguably the most insane fucking thing I've ever heard. Like it's a it's cool, but it's the only one on here where I have to second guess whether or not I'm in the mood to sit through the whole thing. Yeah, like it. The rest of them, I go into them with a lot of conviction, and this one, I go into it and I think, "Fuck, man!" Ten years on, and I still don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, because like, okay, I, I'm going to jump into the track by track. I mean, everyone I went to high school with is dead. A song title that has sadly not aged very well. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> yeah, nevertheless, the first time I heard this, I was like, like coming off of hearing the debut Mr. Bungle album. Yeah. The first thing I thought to myself within a minute of hearing this, I was like, um, okay, wait, hold up. <laughs> um, fucking, uh, what's the, What? You, you, fuck? you and everybody yeah. that worked at the record label. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, this opener is just straight up pure fucking sludge noise. And I mm. I went into it as a 14-year-old foolishly expecting another funk metal at a carnival album from a band that literally had done nothing but left turns up to this point. Mm. And they were still doing it here. Um, Chemical Marriage has a little bit of the residual carnival spookiness going on, but it is a significant jump into far more experimental territory. Carry Stress and the Jaw is fucking awesome. Like, mm. um, the drumming on this is probably one of the most intense things I've ever heard, and it's the subtlety that gets me that only adds further to that, like, scary tension. Like, to play shit that's fast, quietly is something that I, to this day, as a drummer, I'm still wrapping my fucking head around. Because, yeah. like, you hit a cymbal, it's loud. Yeah. yeah. But to hit, but to be hitting it at that speed, with that subtlety, like, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm much more in the realms of a fucking Lars than I am anywhere near a, a, a jazz guy, yeah. right? I'm a very caveman drummer. I'm, I'm much more of a Mike Borden than I am a, a Danny Heifetz, is it? He's, is he the one? On this one, I be- I believe so. Yeah, and I should know that, but it's like you know. Yeah, but fuck, man! Like, that's the thing. 
And also, Mr. Bungle live compared to the album. Oh, yeah. Damn, dude. Like, they'll change shit up. And how they know what they're doing from night to night is beyond me. There's, like, there's some galaxy brain shit. You have to remember, like, you think about, like, uh, albums like Disco Volante. Like, I can't, I can't separate myself from the musician songwriter band member in me because all Mm. I can think of is like how complicated it gets sometimes just trying to teach somebody and arrange songs that I had written that weren't even really that, that difficult. So I just keep thinking of like them in some sort of practice space or studio hacking out like how these songs are going to go and then I'll, and then I think about well what 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 part of this um, was like original what part of it came through studio and experimentation um, and so like I I kind of feel for like your average music listener because like those yeah. people are they're just as important but I'm, I wonder what it feels like to be completely divorced from that part of it like you've yeah. never written a song or played an instrument or tried to arrange something with a group of people that aren't you and aren't in your head and I'm just yeah. like. How insane! I mean, so it's cl- clearly they were insanely good musicians. So trans- translating that live, I've always just been like, well, of course they're fucking geniuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like there's there's guys like me who you know I'm a writer before I am anything else really. Like, yeah, I know I can sling some riffs together and put together a pretty rocking song. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like the improvis- improvisational, like jazzy shit that they throw out sometimes, I'm like, how did you even know what beat to come back on, motherfucker? Like some of this stuff is so off the rails, but yeah. completely controlled. It's 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 mental. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but then you've got something like Desert Search for Techno Allah, which is one of the best song titles I've ever had the pleasure of reading out on this show. <laughs> and it also sounds exactly how you'd think, even though it's still also unexpected in a way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Violenza Domestica, very cinematic, very arty. Uh, it was at this point in the record where I thought to myself, yeah, m- maybe I'm not as cultured as I thought I was. Um, but then you get After School Special, which is a relatively normal song before going into some of the most unsettling shit yet with the stop touching me stuff mm-hmm. uh, uh phlegmatics more not so mode stuff uh mamishka mouse squaz squaz uh Close feels yeah they this song feels like they watched an episode of tom and jerry honed in on the music and said challenge accepted like some it it really does remind me of a lot of their stuff gives me that cartoon vibe of like if you really listen to some of the music in a cartoon incredibly difficult to pull off yeah like like it's goddamn dude but man see leading up to this point it's it's all left turns like and just when you think there's like another thing oh there's a jump scare in this song as well at the end isn't there mm-hmm. isn't this one uh, yeah. first time i yeah first time i was first time i heard this album was driving at night by myself along like a deserted road right mm-hmm. right when that i first run ever through this album 
when that came in, I was like, whoa, oh, holy shit. Nearly lost control of the fucking car. So uh, Mr. Bungle almost killed me. I also, yeah. if I remember right, this this might be the song that years and years ago we were at a friend's house listening to it, and at a certain point in the song, the CD started to skip, but it skipped exactly on a beat. Yeah, and so for a minute we were like, "Did we forget that this is how the song actually goes? Do they do a repeaty thing here? Because I wouldn't yeah. put it past them." So it was like us sitting there for like. Five minutes going. I think this is. I think something's wrong with the CD. <laughs> but it was so on point that I'm all like, I did. I how did I forget this? That there was a five minute skip part. On this yeah. Song? <laughs> that that is one of those things though. Like, and, and then they hit us with the the bends, which is this sprawling collection of ten different and mostly instrumental sections. Um. Then you get Backstroking, which is like a Nine Inch Nails interlude track from the 50s. Uh, (laughs) That is, I mean, I get what you're saying, but that is like, that's a, that's a lot to wrap your head around. Nine Inch Nails from the 50s. Okay. Yeah. It's strange. Like, oh man, Platypus is like, they put Chuck Schuldiner and the Ed, Ed and Eddie soundtrack in the same room. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Merry Go Bye Bye. Um, Mm -hmm actually has some like foreshadowing of the sound of California yeah which would be their next record you know you know obviously because it's this album though they decide to veer off into a level of prog metal insanity that I have no hope of keeping up with <laughs> yeah and then f- finally you get you get noises which is the hidden track which is just them fucking around uh, but you know it's um it's definitely in the top, if not the most nutso-mode album I've ever heard in my life. It's, Just, it's got to be one of the most bizarre albums ever to be put out by a major label. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, if we're talking majors. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty great, though. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you because um, this is also my number four. Okay. Um, but uh, it's really tough ranking these albums because... Um, it, I mean, I, I put, I, I had to like actually just think about the enjoyment level that I have and, and, and try to not be so nitpicky about little things because, you know, if you, if you start nitpicking and paying attention to the little things, there's so many really impressive little things that I'm like, all right, this yeah. is, I, I gotta just like let things go and, and, and go with the vibe. How do I feel? Um, and this was the one. Really, the only reason why this goes at number four for me is because out of the four albums, this has the least the least repeat listen qualities for me. Yeah, um, it it isn't an album that I look at the cover and go fuck. I want to hear that right now. I'm sure there's probably some mm. of you that feel differently, and that's fine. Um, but f- out of the four, this is the 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 one I'll, I'll go to the least. Um, and uh, you know, it's I, I guess you'd say it's the most experimental. Um, you you said a word that I thought was was appropriate, and I say just take the experience part off of it. It's just fucking mental. Um, yeah, the entire <laughs> album. Um, but you know, at this point, we got to mention you know the 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 core of the band that's still there today um, with Trevor Dunn on bass and uh, Trace Perance on guitar. I mean, they all play different yeah. things too, and Mike Patton obviously um, doing multiple things and vocals. 
Um, those guys are, um, they're like Gods. a higher, a higher class <laughs> of, uh, of musician and, and everything. Cause it's just, it's a level that I would never, one, I, I didn't desire to get to that level, um, mm. as a musician and songwriter, because that's not how I feel. I don't, I wouldn't enjoy being in a band like Mr. It, Bungle. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I look at them and go, well, yeah, yeah, you, you are the guys to like, you know, you, the bar is set up here for like the things that you can get away with and the things that you can do, um, while still sounding like an amazing band and not just a bunch of fucking noise. Although <laughs> I'm sure there are some people that to this, especially this album, a lot of it probably does just seem like a bunch of noise. But, um, once again, like those those opinions are valid because that's part of the audience. The audience is everybody out there. Um, yeah. So just just like, you know, I wouldn't want the pretentious folks to be like, you know, why are you using the vocabulary you're using to talk about this album? Um, I'd be like, well, go fuck yourself. That's my yeah. vocabulary. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I can't look down on somebody who knows way less than I do about music and go, well, you just don't understand this album because I'm like, well, that's relative and it's not, it's not, you know, it, it gets too complicated with music like this. Uh, we literally just came from doing Boston, which is like the easiest shit to like wrap, wrap your head around. Like, here's what yeah. they're going for. Here's what to expect here. There, here you go on a silver platter. Um, and now we're at Mr. Bungle. Um, but um, I think the the thing that makes this album unique is that the experimental aspects like the the genre merging and hopping and all of that stuff, it almost seems like it's just it's spread out over the entire album as opposed to track by track the the, the varying levels of that happening. Um, this is mm. one where I almost feel like not just musically but everything about this album. I just feel like all rules were just thrown out of the window, um, and um, th- I, I I do enjoy that aspect of it. Um, some of it is, you know, really impressive, um, and enjoyable, but, um, I think I, I had to boil it down to the fact that the performances and experimental aspects and some of the, of the, um, odd yet perfect kind of choices they make for things, sometimes those aspects are what's enjoyable and and instead of an actual song being enjoyable. So, yeah, compared to the other 3 coming from a guy that's like I like songs, this one has the least amount of like a, a memorable songs. song. It's it's, it's yeah. memorable <laughs> moments, but I swear to god, you could play me a moment from it and I'd be like, "Well, I think I know what song that comes from. I'm not quite sure. Is it Carrie Stress in the Jaw? I don't know." Um, but you know what I'm saying yeah. like it's just there there it's it doesn't have that kind of quality. And so that's why I'd just be like, well, okay, this is a personal preference. It has to boil down to personal preference, Disco Volante. Um, by the way, this was from 1995. I don't know if we mentioned that. Um, yeah. Same and, year um, as King for a Day by Faith No More. So yeah. it's the same kind of era. Yeah. Which to some people, that album is very experimental. And I'm like, well, that it's very, we put them next to each other. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> that's not. Um, but uh, yeah. So. It, this it's a great album, and um, I I really enjoy when I, mean, I say this a lot. I love it when bands don't give you what you what you expect or 
try something unusual or different. And I mean that all the way across the board. I mean that Metallica doing Load or Mr. Bungle doing Disco Volante. Um, just just giving me something different or taking a chance or just being like, fuck it, whatever. Um, and I like that. So um, I really like this. I really like, needless to say, I really like the album. Something had to go forth. Uh, so I, I went with my gut about like, well, um, I'm a fan of songs. And um, and there's the the song aspect is not as memorable on Disco Volante as it is on the remaining three albums. So that leads us into uh, number three, Mr. Bungle album. I will say that the big thing that I always remember from Disco Volante is that bit in Carrie Stress and the Jewel where it goes wah 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 wah. I like that part. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and oh oh and uh platypus. um but yeah <laughs> right what number three let's let's move this move the bungle train forward a little bit all right um next station okay so uh my number three is the most recent offering with raging wrath of the easter bunny okay that's my number three. Were you, yes. were you waiting for me to say something? <laughs> I I I, I kind of usually do. Usually you go, all right. Oh like, yes, uh, yeah. Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, awesome album. So here we go. Yes, I mean, you know, we're already in the bronze medal zone. So uh, this is the most straightforward of any of their albums, and it that is because it's just thrash metal in the realms of Slayer and Sepultura but with this sardonic sense of humor running throughout, you know, yeah. there is, there is still the bungle mentality. They've yeah. just honed in kind of like what we mentioned on the nine inch nails episode a couple weeks ago with honing in, having, having that palette, but honing in on one thing and really focusing on that. Yeah. And I suppose, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's probably also good for those who don't know to point out that this is a re-recording of their yeah. original demo from 1986, only it came yes. out in 2020. Um, and um, I, I, this is also my number three. Let's just fucking have a discussion about this album. Cool. <laughs> at this point, at this point, I feel like our ranking couldn't be identical. Um, but we'll, I'm pretty we'll find sure out. it is. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so that that's this was a before you get into your track by track. The to preface when this album came out. It was completely unexpected to to me. Yeah, because um, there was those rumors that oh, Mr. Bungle is is going to get back together, and I go, oh, okay, cool. And so in my brain, I go, Mr. Bungle, Mike Patton, Trey Spruance, Trevor Dunn, last album, California. Here's here's what we're going with. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, they're getting back together, and Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo are going to be in the band. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, clearly not metal fans. Why would they have Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo in their band? Because they hate yeah, metal. Fa yeah, famously, <laughs> famously in like an 88 interview, they all said something along the lines of, fuck Slayer and Anthrax, the both yeah. of them fucking suck. But, like, um, <laughs> but yeah, so they, so they, not only, they announced that, and I was I was just wrapping my head around that, and then they played their reunion concerts, and I remember like somebody posted the set list and the videos. And I went, wait, they, they didn't play like anything off of any of their albums. They just played <laughs> their original demo, the metal demo with some other, with some cover songs and other things. 
And I was just yeah. like, this is this is so Mr. Bungle. Just to be like, yes, we're yeah. getting back together. You expect us to all be whoop, but nope, we're not. We're <laughs> we're gonna yeah. be that's Mr. You know, that's that, just take that portion <laughs> and just say Mr. Bungle <laughs> and then have that, and then that's that's the that's their music. No, but um the the fact that they're just like, no, no, you, you got, I, I, cause I don't know if anybody knew that. So I just imagine all of these pretentious fuckholes all coming to the show, just being like, you just, just wait for like the jazziness that they're, you're going to be hearing. And then it's literally just metal for an hour. And yeah. I'm just like, and, and I just, I was just like, bravo, <laughs> gentlemen, bravo. Um, and so, you know, I was like, well, that's really cool. And then the next announcement was, oh, by the way, their new album is going to be a complete re-recording of the metal demo. And I was just like, Pfft. yeah, <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, so if you're an actual fan of Mr. Bungle, this is very appropriate and very cool. But very mm. quickly, you found all of these douchebags coming out being like, why do they have to do that? I don't want metal fans getting into yeah. our music. So I'm sorry, I'm really harping on these people, but that's because they're fucking annoying. And yeah. awful human beings. But anyway, <laughs> track by track, let's get get into this. So it's thrashy. You got Scott Ian, you got Dave Lombardo, you've got metal, you've got shit written by teenagers, played by old men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the go. thing as well. I, I wanna I wanna preface for anyone who's gonna bring this up, you know. Um famously on this show, we we are not a fan, generally speaking, of bands re-recording their own material. Nope. However, if it is a four-track demo tape that sounds like it was recorded on a fucking toaster, there's the exception. Um, I'm, I'm with I'm with you. I, I'm okay with re-recording demos or songs that didn't get proper the proper care That's... that they and they it, even out of their mouths they thought that those songs didn't get the treatment that they deserved. Um, yeah. and so they, they just did them better. Um, and so, I, yeah, but basically like putting out an album of re-recordings of songs that are already on albums, like that's just lazy as fuck to me. Um, and, mm. and I'm just like, well, yeah, I guess you needed to put something out for your record label or whatever. Who yeah. Knows? It's um, usually label pressure. But in this yeah. case, it's, uh, the fact that you can't just go out and buy the raging wrath of the Easter bunny, the original demo. Um, mm. th- this is, I, I very welcomed. So and and, hmm. and to be fair, I want their next album to be a complete re-recording of Bowl of Chile or whatever. Their second Bowl of Chile, man, or whatever. <laughs> however you say it. So I, I just want to. The, the, I, the thing is, they're unpredictable, so you know they're not going to do that if they do another thing. But hmm. I, I would absolutely love that. Like, just re-record those four demos because, like, because the because because the second demo is like mostly like ska music and shit. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm like, awesome, I, perfect. Let's keep going with this. I want to acknowledge a pattern as well. The pattern, pattern. Oh, um, hear hear me out. Right, starts out doing full blown death metal shit. Right, if you know, over time gets known for being in hard rock metal zone. Yeah. Right? Things peter off for Faith No More. Dude starts Tomahawk, which is kind of a modern alt-metal sort of thing, obviously with a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then motherfucker does Phantomass, do, does Peeping Tom, lends himself to a shitload of other projects that, you know, for the most part, aren't metal-related. Yeah. But then... We've begun in recent years with stuff like Dead Cross. 
And Dead who, Cross have, have a new, new thing album coming out. out. Yeah, we just yeah. jinx. <laughs> yeah. I'm very so excited because like, that 30 second clip, I was just like, take my yeah. fucking money right now. <laughs> that, that, yeah. It's like, it's like Patton got wind of everybody saying, ah, uh, yeah, he's like abandoned metal completely. And now he's like, now's my oh, yeah. chance. And oh, he's just yeah. putting out as much thrashy fucking stuff as he possibly can. Yeah. And I I love that. I love that it things come full circle. And it's like, I remember initially, I, th- I think he was apprehensive about reforming Faith No More. But when he did, he said something along the lines of, do you know what? I was afraid it would become a nostalgia act. But in actual fact, it's okay to be proud of something you've done in the past. And keep moving forward with it you know and yeah i think it's i think it's cool that you have such a back catalog kind of an archive of his evolution too because yeah 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 with that though let's let's talk about the songs on rage and wrath bam um also real quick sorry it's good to see him getting back to things as well because he took a bit of a mental health break. Yeah, there was no, yeah. there was the, there was, you know, he had, he posted that message about how he had to drop off of a tour for mental health issues and, you know, but there wasn't an mm. explanation about how bad he was doing or what actually was going on, which is fine. That's his private life. But, you know, and there's been no like, okay, guys, I'm back. It's just, you know, now there's been an, you know, you see things. I, I, I don't know if he's the one that runs his social media because he has, a, there's a Mike Patton page. But usually whenever he posts something, it does feel like it's a, it's something from a, per, from a person. Um, yeah. So clearly he's, he's made his way back and he's, I'm hoping he's doing a lot better, but just the fact that there's music coming out, you know, if he doesn't want to fucking tour ever again, I fucking understand that he didn't have to. Um, but mm. if, you know, new music coming from him, even if it's stuff that doesn't necessarily hit for me, doesn't matter. I just like the fact that the guy's still doing it. So yeah. Damn right. Um, so yeah, uh, Grizzly Adams is a cool opening instrumental. Yeah. Um, but then you get to Anarchy up your anus, which yep. is sh- this short and sweet flurry of thrash, which which it's has and R K up your anus and R K up your butt. Yeah, I fucking love that. It's it's got probably my favorite sample ever used in anything because it, and it's on the original demo too. Where yeah. the song builds up at the beginning, and there's that part where usually you'd have like a Tom or I going, yeah! or somebody going, go, or something. Yeah. But instead, they take this sound effect from an album that I had when I was a kid. It was, yeah. it was like, it was a Disney, like, haunted house sound effect album. And the sound is like, it's, it's always been really weird to me. It's like, I go, ah! yeah. Yeah. And, they, and they use that when the song kicks in. And I've always been like, that is fucking genius. That's like one of the best samples I think I've ever heard in anything. So, hell yeah. Uh, I mean, I love these song titles, man. Raping your mind. That's yeah. they've they made a career out of that. Like, <laughs> there's so many cool <laughs> moments in it. Like, uh, also those descending guitars always get me that. You can tell what bands they were into, but they had their own demented take on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hypocrites slash Habla uh, Espanol Omuere. Omuere. Omuere, that's the which, one. Which, once again, I'm, I'm going to interject here. Um, before this album ever came out, the first thing that they put out as a band was a cover 
of the exploited song USA, which the yeah. chorus of the song is "fuck the USA, fuck the USA," yeah. and and I <laughs> love that song and and that exploited album, and that alongside them doing this Spanish version of "Speak English or Die," you yeah, I'm I'm one of those people that like I immediately go for the comment section. In on social media, just waiting for people to lose their fucking minds. And of course, <laughs> it was a whole bunch of like, oh, you guys are woke now. You're woke uh. now, huh? <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, so so I apologize yeah. to to like the the pretentious assholes because you guys are annoying. Nowhere near as annoying as those fucking people. So I mean, you know, <laughs> there's there are annoying people all over the world. Um not you know, most of them don't listen to our show, which is good. Um, some of them do. But you know, you the you guys, the peanut butter platypuses, you guys are like top tier. Um, so don't worry, I'm not talking about any of you. But and then, and then, on the other hand, we got the peanut butter pieces of shit that we have mentioned in the past. Yeah, but we'll they, try they not don't to talk about them. They don't last very yeah. long. Although there may be some hate listening. I don't know. There are people that I've learned that like just love to listen to shit that they hate. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess maybe we got some of those fans. If you're if you're hate yeah. listening, um, drop us a line. Oldheadpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, hey, <laughs> hey balls, fuck you, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the fact that they took "Speak English or Die" by S.O.D. and then did it mm. where it's "Speak Spanish or Die." You know, and but um, I just I love that mostly because of the fact that I think I, th- I think I've said this before on one of these episodes. I feel like about eighty five percent of people that love the first S.O.D. album don't understand that it's supposed to be ironic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they think it's like, it's like fuck back the Middle East. Back like, when you could just yeah. say whatever you wanted before all this woke <laughs> bullshit. I'm like, no, it's not. They don't. I mean, even, even though, even though the, you know uh, the vocalist, the MOD guy, seems like he didn't understand that it was ironic. Um, there, there's, it, it's not. Yeah, it's not serious, folks. Um, so anyway, I love I love shit like this. And once again, that's just in the brain of P- Patton and Mr. Bungle doing something like this. Um, one of my favorite I, uh, things on, it. oh, I was just going to say one of my favorite things on that album is the, is the, I think it's the ballad of Jimi Hendrix and it's just, a oh bah, yeah, bah, 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 you dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, that's one of like my favorite, like short tracks ever made just because it yeah. makes me laugh every time. Cause it's so, <laughs> it's, it's so dumb and very, and just kind of. Some people would be like it's very mean spirited. I'm like, well, that's yeah, the point. it's kind of it's, fucking it's rude. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the one where it's like, uh, which one is it? The fuck's that noise? <laughs> like, and they're just trying to play a song. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fucking noise is. Uh, it's been a while. I need to revisit that one. We could do that on an episode of that thing we were talking about, where we weren't oh. necessarily going to rank stuff, and we we're going to talk about shit. Yeah, we can yeah. we can we can let people in on the fact that we have an idea for doing episodes. Um, what was the name that I came up with? Um, Crank the rank sideline. No, something no, it like was it, no, it rhymed. It was C and R sidebar. Ah, and yeah. It's gonna be us. Whenever we decide that we want to talk about something else that isn't ranking, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, we're gonna yeah. occasionally do episodes where it's just like, hey, let's just talk about this. Um, yeah, and it's going to be called CNR sidebar. 
Um, and, and, uh, I don't know when we're doing the first one of those, but we'll, eventually we'll do one, but it's, I like that we have that option. Not that we need it because we talk about whatever the fuck we want anyway, but it's nice to just be like, Hey, we don't have to rank anything. Let's just have a discussion. Um, but maybe it'll fucking blow up on our faces and we'll be like, man, we needed the structure. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's a thing that we yeah. So we could easily talk about SOD or other kind of. Well, I'd like to call it a one-off album because I think that it would be a way better album if they had never revisited it and never hmm. got back together to do shows. But that's their prerogative; they do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, we we could easily do uh, um, an episode talking about albums like that, which which would be would be cool. But anyway, sorry, bringing us back in to. Um, the raging wrath of the Easter bunny demo. Cool. Uh, my personal favorite on here is, uh, bungle grind. Mm -hmm. uh, I fucking love that. Life is a fucking joke. Do the bungle grind. Like that, that chorus part is just so fun. Yeah. Um, uh, mathematics features the love is a fist riff. Mm -hmm. And the the track itself is pretty killer, but I, I always loved that riff in Love is a Fist, and I always wanted to hear more of it. And to hear it utilized again is is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, this would have been the first time it appeared, but um, like I say, uh, but the, here we go with a track that was new, uh, which is Erasist. Erasist, my favorite on the album. Like I know, I know it's you know knowing me, be like, oh, he likes the thrashier one. I, mean, I guess there's a little bit of thrash in this, but it's mostly slower. But I just love this song. It's like yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's it's quite punky too. Like it's yeah. it's a new newly written track for the album, and it's a it's a fucking bop, dude. That racist. Yeah, it's almost it's almost very British punk. That yeah. that chorus. Mm. Yeah. Um, spreading the thighs of death. Um, my favorite tempo in thrash is that upbeat, but not too fast feel. And yeah. there's a few moments in this one that just get that subconscious. Yeah. Headbang out of me, you know, where it's yeah. like, Ooh, there's it's fast, but there's also a groove to it. And yeah. Um, lost for words, more killer thrash goodness, glutton for punishment. Well, that's a, that's a cover too, by the way, you knew that, right? Yep. Lost yeah. Words is a corrosion of conformity from the original or fuck. I, it's, it's hard to like, it's one of the early albums, but I'm like, I think they changed lineups every single album up to a point But uh, <laughs> back in the day for corrosion, corrosion of conformity. Cool. Love a bit of COC, mm -hmm. a little bit of cock. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you, had to, you had to go there. I had to. <laughs> He's a he's a cock. <laughs> it's like we're 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 gonna we're gonna have some thoughtful discussions about some albums, and then it's gonna be all poo poo pee pee time. All right, <laughs> that's gonna be our other um, podcast. Poo poo pee pee time. <laughs> I uh, actually, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. Actually, yeah, we we need to do like a, a road trip where we broadcast in every like public toilet in. in Britain we, or some shit. We should just do. <laughs> we should just do poo poo pee pee time, and we'll, we'll let's approach it like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where we just play the worst possible versions of ourselves that we could possibly yeah. play, and that's the whole thing. We will just say the most inappropriate and fucked up shit <laughs> for the entire podcast. Um, 
We can't do that because nobody understands context anymore. And so um, no. everyone would be pissed off. Not everyone. Um, but we, <laughs> the people that wouldn't be pissed off, half of them would be people that would be like, oh, why are you listening to us? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, it's that would be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, glutton for punishment is just this rapid, unrelenting rip fest. And uh, Sudden Death is just this brutal closing track. It's a really... I think Scott Ian said in in an interview, this is the best thrash album no one ever heard, (laughs) you know? And it... He he could be right because this is, is good. Yeah, when it when it the, the day that it came out, I remember like as soon as I woke up, it was on you know because I the, I hadn't gotten the vinyl yet, but it was on Apple Music. I put yep. in my earbuds and I was sitting in my living room and I was sitting like on the edge of my couch. I could have like sat back and had some coffee, but no, hmm. literally the entire duration of this album, I was like sitting up and I was like. I was just like every every <laughs> single song. I was just, it's an I just had such a fun time. I always have such a fun time um, when I listen to this album. My my only gripe, and I know they I know for the most part they stayed true to the original songs, um, but maybe they could have edited them some of them because I think some of them go on a little bit too long, or some mm. parts go on a little bit too long, or are repeated too much. But that's just that once again that's me nitpicking an album that was one of my favorites of the year. And on top of that, the fact that a re-recording of a 35-year-old demo that was made by a bunch of teenagers, the fact that it came out in 2020 and is more interesting than most of what passes for thrash metal these days, like that says a lot. So, and I, I, I'm still always out there. There's, there are some great fucking thrash bands out there, but it is a few and far between. And most of it is like, Oh, Steven, you're going to love this band. And I'm like, no, because I didn't love the other 40 bands that they sound exactly like with the exact same production, mind you, and the same riffs and the same kind of vocalist. So no. So, but, but some people just want everything to be one thing all the time. And for those people, I salute you. And um, I wish that I could be you because I think life would be much more simpler if I was, if I didn't expect bands to try yeah. <laughs> I wish I was like you. Easily amused. That always comes into my head when I that think is, about that sort of stuff. God, that is a thanks, Kurt. That is a fucking great line. I I I I've always known that line, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's one of my favorite Nirvana songs. And I'm like, yeah. Sometimes I do I, wish. I do yeah. wish that my brain I wish that I was a little more simple-minded because I feel like I would be happier. Sorry, guys. I, think, I didn't mean to get really deep, but <laughs> yeah. And like you know, it's it, I don't. It's hard sometimes to articulate to the casual music fan that when you've heard as much music as people like you and I have, yeah, you hear stuff that pops up again. Oh. Oh, are you making an appearance in the show? Okay, bye. Do you need something? <laughs> what? Soda. What? Soda. Go get one. Okay, bye. <laughs> this my is daughter. cranked and ranked. Feet your daughter. That was, that was my my daughter, ladies and gentlemen. She uh, she um, <laughs> she she just wants to have a soda, and I'm like, well, well, well go get one. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm going to tell her. Thanks for being on my on my show. <laughs> we had we had our first. 
That that's our first guest, right? Um, yeah, I believe we, so. We've guested our... on other shows, but I don't think we've ever had a a third. Dude, I've that's been trying. First. To, I've been trying to get her to be on my shit for years, and she's she's not interested in it at all. But you know, but uh, I'm like, man, I see all these other videos. I'm like, all oh, these other people are doing stuff with their daughters, and it's fun. I'm like, come on. But nope, she has, she wants no part of it. So that's fine. F- fuck you, Dad. You're lame. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, where, where, where where were we? Um, oh, music I fans think. like us. We were talking. I don't. You were. You started talking about yeah. Um, us that we listen to a lot of music. We've also made music. We all. It's we, yeah. It, it's it's perfectly okay if you're a casual music listener, meaning you own a small amount of albums and most of the time you put it on and you're doing something else. Whereas, whereas and, we're, we're more active music listeners, yeah. which is you put things on, you, 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 you're very involved with the music that you listen to. And I've been that way for now for 40, almost 40 years. So yeah, that's a, long, that's a fucking Let, long time. Here's a good example. There's two types of music fan in my family. Cause I'm from a very musical family. Yeah. Right beside me here. I, it, there's a cupboard there and there's a shelf there. Yeah. Stacked to the brim with vinyl CDs and tapes. Yeah. Right? Most of that are individual albums from a band's discography. And very often I have all or almost all of their albums. Yeah. Right? Take a walk. Two, do- two rooms across, you've got my mum's CD shelf, which is compilations and greatest hits albums that is a casual music fan i am kind of in deep so yeah i don't know i I think the more music you listen to the less bullshit you tolerate i i don't know i mean it's 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 starting to the it's starting to become a little bit more confusing to me because like it's it's like like anyone that just wants to have the greatest hits like i actually understand that because you know everyone can can appreciate and enjoy music, but some hmm. people just don't give a fuck. It's like this. It's like how how I feel when people get really, um, like up their own ass about movies, and I'm just like, they're just fucking movies. But that's just yeah. because that's not. I love movies, but I, that's not my thing. That's not the thing that I get lost in. So you know, but I still expect somebody to like understand that I enjoy what I enjoy and it doesn't fucking matter. Same thing goes for other kinds of music fans. But then I think that the reason why we do this show is because we're both people that it's like that meme where like it's the couple in bed and the, and the woman's like, he's probably thinking about other women. And then you go over to the guy and it's always something just like obsessing yeah. over some, some it's, I mean, then that's me. It's always like, Oh my God, they, they, they released this album like a year apart from the other album. And yes, it was such a huge progression. Like that's the, that's the, <laughs> yeah. those are the things that are constantly in yeah. my head. So that's why we have to talk. And that's why we bring this different energy to this, I guess. And, that, and, yeah. and also why, Maybe, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe that is why we're more like, come on, if it's been done a hundred times, don't do it again. Um, you've, so. you've said it, um, you've said it quite a few times before and it's, it's that thing of like a, a prime example. It's a good test of like, if you listen to like an old school thrash album, mm-hmm. right? The amount of different songs on it, right? Whereas compare it to the saturation of bands saying 
Well, we gotta have a at least a couple times on the record. Like it's like oh, otherwise, it's not thrash, is it? Yeah, yeah. To like do do a variation or or, or something. You well, know? I think I think and it's a lot of people. Bands. There, there's I think a lot of people for some reason have have I don't know have a blurred view of music, and so that's mm. why a lot of people will say things like just just to bring up our favorite band again people will say like metallica used to just make thrash metal and i'm like no go to fucking album number two yeah there's like what two actual thrash songs on that album like it's yeah yeah it's like so so, but everyone likes to have this weird i guess it's rose colored glasses of what bands are and they forget that like so many of these bands not only did they put out albums that for the most part were a lot of them were varied with different types of songs and different approaches to songs. Sometimes their albums progressed in a way where they did an album that was very different from the one before, but yeah. that's all become passe or, or, or some word that fancy people use. Um, to, so nowadays everyone's like, well, no, that's not real metal. If you, if you do different things, metal yeah. is metal. It's almost like metal has become like the fucking, the 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 search for the Aryan race like every all thrash <laughs> yeah. metal must be blonde haired and blue eyed and white yeah. that's what we want and it's <laughs> but that's what it is it's literally just like everything must be one way all the time and and that's yeah. fucking boring um, yeah and, and some, but very... some of some of that music that's very straightforward is enjoyable but don't expect me to 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 praise it <laughs> you know it'll just be me going yeah it's fine. It's fine. I think I think the problem is nowadays there's like it's never been easier to make a an make an album, right? It's never been easier to make an album. Yeah. But on the flip side, there's a lot more competition, and with competition comes saturation, and with saturation, music kills itself time and time again. That is how history yeah. repeats itself. You mm-hmm. look at the 80s glam metal scene, right? As much as I loved it, there were far too many of the same thing in the early 90s. And that's yeah. like a lot of people, a lot of people blame um, grunge for killing hair metal. And that's an idea I used to subscribe to. Whereas I think grunge was the final nail in the coffin. I think, I think when Appetite for Destruction came out, there was a changing of the guard and you had some dirty hair metal show up and then grunge and well, the record labels killed it really by flooding the market with the same thing. Yeah. That whole scene, it was, it was kind of like, it was all these bands who were all dancing perilously, perilously close to the edge of a cliff. And then they got closer and closer to the edge of a cliff. Some of them fell off on their own, but then, then all of a sudden here comes Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And they just went boom and just knocked everybody yeah. off the cliff. So they were already, <laughs> they were already on the edge of, of disappearing. Um, but yeah, yeah. But, I mean, grunge didn't help, but the same thing was happening in the thrash scene too, though. There's yeah. so many bands just also ran thrash bands from the late eighties and early nineties. And honestly, I love a lot of those bands, but that's because I love, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that original, because people like to say like second wave thrash. I'm like to me the first wave of thrash is basically anything that started from the early '80s all the way to the early '90s. Like that first ten year span. Um, yeah. So I love all of that stuff, even the stuff that's real basic bitch thrash metal. 
doesn't matter. I really enjoy it. But that's more of me liking the history of it and liking the idea of that scene first coming up and becoming mm-hmm. really big. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, but yeah, thrash, <laughs> thrash metal also started to get oversaturated. So a lot of the bands expanded their sound, uh, Metallica being one of them, hey, you name it, fucking flotsam and jetsam, like, you know, across the board, like a lot of these bands, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely them. Some would, some would say they went too far. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's just, it's just a natural thing that happens, but y- you are right. Like it, it, but it is really weird that these days you're right, that there's a whole lot of competition, but if there is that much competition, why is there not more of an attempt to stand out? Hmm. Like, it's like, we're going to have a similar sounding band name with similar looking artwork with a similar sounding production over riffs that are not very different from other bands. And then top Mm. to top it off, we have a vocalist that just does sort of the same shit that many other vocalists already do. Like why, why is that the norm? I don't understand why anybody says that's okay. You know, we're, we're fine with just doing that. Like that blows Mm. me away because even if you go back to, we've talked about it, you know, Metallica doesn't sound like Megadeth, who doesn't sound like Anthrax, who doesn't sound like Slayer. Skip a little, hmm. skip a few years ahead. Soundgarden didn't sound like Nirvana, who didn't sound like Pearl no. Jam. Uh, Cannibal Corpse doesn't sound like Obituary, who didn't sound like Deicide. Like it's like, it's all these different scenes. But if you remember, the scenes come up, and even in the beginning, there's a there's a there's a desire to have your own voice, and. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that went. There, I mean, there are some bands doing it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely you know, give a blanket assessment of like all metal, but an alarming amount of metal is just so like, what? okay, we started a band. Um, this is good enough. Let's put it out. You know, I'll say, I'll say like bands like, uh, Gojira. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Gojira, yeah. Gojira sound like Gojira. I'll even, I'll even say ghost Ghost have their thing. I like ghost. I think they've got some killer songs. Um, there's, there are good bands nowadays, but the thing is, there's such a divide now between yeah. um, really killer but popular stuff, yeah, really, really killer but way underground stuff, mm-hmm. and just this sea of mediocrity in the middle. Yeah, that that is like, okay, X band. All on the same bill. You may have one subtly different to the other, but like, and you know, I have my stylistic biases. My ears like what they like. Yeah, you you can't like everything. You can't please everybody. Yeah. For for me, the the defining characteristic that makes me want to listen to a lot more older bands the newer ones is because they had more unique personalities simply put Mm -hmm. like there's a there are so many metalcore bands from the last 10 to 15 years that you could play to me and i'll be like i don't know that just sounds like kill switch engagement not as good yeah like you know but i mean to be to be fair this isn't just in the metal world like you hear there's a lot of that 
really boring like garage rocks type shit that's out there that all everybody's doing and then, yeah. the, and then indie rock bands or pop punk bands or or whatever they're all mm. they're all just treading water and so it leads me to believe that the overall consens- consensus from the fans is we don't want different we want mm. the same i want to be a really big fan of five bands who are interchangeable um and it, that's weird so you have you have to wonder if algorithms have anything to do with that, like say sh- yeah. say streaming, right? People want stuff categorized so that they can just jam a bunch of different artists into a playlist, and it's like, well, this all sounds the same. So yeah. what are the artists going to think? Oh well, they want us to sound like that. Let's do that because that, that is true. Because the, the the idea of the of of genre naming a genre or what subgenre something fits in. Yeah, I don't know why that's so important now, but I guess that's part of it. The fact that the subgenre and that those things have become so important to some people, whereas back in the day, it was all metal. Like there yeah. was no, there was no, you know, the the idea of the big four didn't come up until like years, maybe in the late nineties. I think was the you know that was when it started happening. And but like the, I I never looked at Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, and said those are thrash metal bands. I never thought that. Because they, I was just like, well, this song has, you know, oh, I, oh, this is thrash metal. This part sounds like thrash metal. Um, it was in, so, but that's, yeah. Maybe, I think maybe yeah. you, that, that leads into your algorithm um, idea of where if you really are trying to find a way to like, you have to have a description, a descriptor for something, and yeah. you want your descriptor to be in a particular area, then all of a sudden, all the bands you in just that particular the same area. shit every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a conveyor belt of of crap, um, and yeah. it's all, but it's it's just because it's become it's become so important to fit into a category that that's all that matters now. I think we just we yeah. just fucking nailed it right here. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's it's young people ruining shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that, but I, I've said it before. I think that's why our podcast—not to not to pat ourselves on the back—works um, so well because we're because we are an older gentleman. Um, you know, I'm I'm I'll fucking be 45 in March, and then a younger gentleman. You'll be 25 mm-hmm. eventually. You're 24 at this point, but you know, I am. The fact that the fact that there's that divide between the two of us, this discussion, I think, is more important than just. Two twenty somethings talking about music because <laughs> I'm just like, well, what what are you really accomplishing there besides keeping the wheel spinning of the shit that's already going on? Um, yeah. So there, there, so there you go. Take that little chunk and send it to your buddies and be like, this is why you should listen to Cranked and Ranked because eventually they won't even talk about the goddamn band that they're ranking them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how are we, are we gonna land this plane? Because we got another yeah. half of the discography. We're just gonna. It's just, just like Mr. Bungle. We're gonna abruptly shift over to do it. But uh, number three, Raging Wrath. You know, um, sorry. <laughs> I think we finished with Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, right? Our number three. Yeah, we we've wrapped that one up. Yeah, yeah, really, really fun album. Absolute blast. I love it. Um, but I, but you know, if you're actually thinking about what Mr. Bungle is known for, um, then um, the the next two albums we're going to talk about are way better representations, um, and overall, um, fucking masterpieces. Really, let's just let's let's see. Let's see if we're still. Let's see if we're going to be neck and neck the whole way. What is your What is your number two? 
I think I think we are going to have an identical ranking for the first time in a while. Um, would that be our first fully identical one? Because could be, yeah. We we I think the top half of the helmet discography was the same. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my number two is California. Oh shit! No. <laughs> oh damn, dude. Nope. Okay. Sorry, I gave mine oh, away yeah. already. But no, we are not. We this is cool. I mean, we had to, we we had to we had to switch it up somehow. Um. All okay. right, sir. So, uh, California. Go go ahead. I'm. Hold up. I'm truly surprised by that. Hey. Hold up. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Smoke, Smoke weed, weed every day. <laughs> All right. There it is. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So my number two is California. And uh, probably their most accessible album. True. And now that I, st- now that I step back... And think about it, it is their most song-focused album. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a way, I can see how I kind of miss that with you. But uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in. Yeah. Um, sweet Charity. Sweet Charity. It feels like a tongue-in-cheek yet totally sincere nod to Western music. Yeah. And with Mr. Bungle's Bond theme on acid touch going on, you know? I fucking love this. So much of this feels really cinematic. Like, uh, none of them knew they were robots. Feels like a... It feels like a Disney villain song where he describes his evil plans to a spooky rockabilly song, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I love that, Jump back! What's your attack? part? That's so fun. Um, especially that... Like we all have the, the weird sound effects yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. That that drives home that real sort of cartoon aspect you're talking about, where they do have some sound effects where you're like, that just sounds like straight out of fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah, man. Like it. This album definitely feels like Bugs Bunny grabbed a guitar and just started fucking <laughs> going nuts. But like, man. Then you get stuff like Retro Vertigo. Yeah. Good God, the melodies on this are awesome, especially yeah. the chorus. Like, considering this is the same band that wrote Girls of Porn, like, it's wild to think that they would do something like this that still has a weird edge to it, but it it genuinely feels sophisticated, you know? Like, because mm-hmm. there's like a... There is a youthful energy to their, to their debut, whereas th- at this point it feels like yeah, I'm going to act like I'm batshit insane, but I'm going to do it while wearing a fucking suit. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> you know, um, uh, the air conditioned nightmare is fucking rad. I mm-hmm. blasted this bouncy banger through a crowded street with everyone looking at me. And I had a dead serious face on with aviators the entire time. Yeah. And the fucking looks I got were priceless. They, they were like, who is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 uh, oh man, uh, Ars Moriendi, uh, I probably butchered that. Uh, metal riffs and Eastern melodies are a match made in heaven. Uh, and that part at like one, th- one minute 32 is too good. Like, yeah. oh, 
the whole so song. Good. That that song to me is like the it's like the go to track for me for when I'm trying to explain Mr. Bungle to somebody and they're like, well, how how weird could this possibly be? I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> and I just. Yeah, because that, that song is hold like, up. you know, what is it? Four <laughs> minutes. And it, I feel like they just throw everything in there, every possible idea. to. And I think that one is just a, a Mike Patton song. I think he wrote that whole thing. Um, that's which wild, is man. insane. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's like the the best example of like yeah. If you're into this, then okay, then you could you'll get you'll probably like the majority of what they do. <laughs> uh, um, but, but here's the thing, right? Pink cigarette. Oh shit! Yeah, seems to be the most beloved of it, beloved of this album's tracks, and it is the song on Spotify with the highest play count of any of their stuff. Oh like, really? Yeah, this this song is the highest played Mr. Bungle song at uh, nearly six million plays. Wow! I mean, um, I love this song, but I I had no idea. Was it was it in something? Was it every time that happens? I go, was it in a TV show? <laughs> was it used somewhere? It, it might have been, but to be fair, I I do remember seeing a like fan made music video or, or something on YouTube a while back, and that pops up right when you get mr bungle i think so yeah yeah it's a really good song but yeah. like, i remember i i always used to get like crazy anxiety because like at the end of the song with that like beep yeah that, like gradually comes in because i was like yeah. yeah i i used to drive to that album a lot and i was like i'm still trying to figure out is that in the song or is there something horribly wrong with my car <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like is this thing gonna blow up any anytime soon um Oh man, uh, Gollum Two, the Bionic Vapor Boy, is as joyful as it is unsettling. Um, the Holy Filament is this dreamy soundtracky song. Uh, Fat <clears throat> exclude. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. sorry. And uh, take two. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you ever seen that meme? Real quick, that goes like uh, Bond's name's the James. Wait, wait, what? Bane James. Bames, Bames nuns having a strong call of bondulence, and it's just like James Bond <laughs> trying to that's, fucking. Uh, that's the that those uh, are, that's one of the only things that like the 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 things that really scare me in life are like that losing control of your brain, um, yeah, and your, and your ability to speak and stuff like that. Like that, those are the things that like oh man, I was that's mm. I would never want because I just I I'm. I'm so in my own head all the time anyway. If all of a sudden I mean, that, that happened to me just right, a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, like I always think of the dude from the one video from Johnny Got His Gun. I think oh, to well, myself, well, geez. Well that yeah, yeah, that's that would just be horrible. But yeah. 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 It's uh where are we at? Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. Feels like a beautiful song that's buried under a deep layer of sarcastic activity. There's like so much packed into every moment. There's like yeah, fucking nine things going on at once, and it's like if like f- four of those things weren't there, this would just be a normal suave kind of classic pop song. Yeah, but like because it's Mr. Bungle, they were like, nah, nah. We're, we're going to throw some shit in there to make the listener think what the fuck is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty much all I've got down for Goodbye Sober Day is... <laughs> like, 
But when it kicks in with the digga 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 like I just think Oh damn so, Yeah, sometimes sometimes like, I'm like, is this the best album closer ever? <laughs> it's just so it, it's so cool. It's a good one. Oh man. It's that's the thing though. This album is batshit nuts by normal music standards, but it's definitely Mr. Bungle's most accessible album. Yeah, yeah. And it it has what normal people would consider songs on it, you know? I consider um, them songs, but yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Damn, dude. Like, even going through that track listing, I get excited because I yeah. think, wow. You know, like how well put together that fucking album is, dude. But there is one above it that I really like. And to be fair, I mean, I think we can just move on over to that one because it's your number two and it's my number one. So yeah, my, let's, just, my, let's just talk. Yeah, my number two is the <laughs> debut album. Well, their debut full-length album, Mr. Bungle from 1991 already talked about like my first hearing this album it was a bit over my head but quickly i uh i i I got into what was going on and enjoyed it um i feel like you know i this one goes higher up you know disco volante goes last and i think i said it on that one that this one the 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 genre bending feels uh more natural yeah well while at the same time still having like a definite sort of unpredictability in it um, while maintaining yeah. songs. I, I, I think that this album, a lot of them just feel like songs. And I remember the aspects of the songs as a whole could be because you know, of multiple listens over the years. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I can't take it out of my brain and listen to it again f- fresh because it's been, you know, 30 plus years. But um I think that um, it's always felt like it. This has been this is the the one album that it always felt like there was some sort of sense to the chaos and the the madness of it all. Like I don't know. I think that's probably why I thought they were just so, or I think that they're just such talented dudes because if you take some of the ideas and if you take a step back, you go some of this actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> in the way that it goes. Um, but I, but like you said to other people, this would be just a huge mess. Probably a lot of these songs. Um, hmm. Also important to point out um, as, as much as I guess we're not supposed to acknowledge this, this album is insanely influential to a lot of metal musicians. Um, mm-hmm. You don't, you don't hear your your jazz saxophonist going actually i'm very uh influenced by mr bungle no it's because in it, it at the end of the day this is a metal album um yeah and so much of what they do more so on this album than on disco or or uh california there's a lot of distorted guitars and riffs mm-hmm. in this music so but once again, I guess, you know, some people would want us to think that it's because they're they're making fun of metal. Um, fine. Um, and there's but there's just an aggressive nature to this album that I, it, 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 you know, I, I'd call it metal experimental sh- for sure. Um, but um, the the, I, I, the a, a big thing about this album for me that I love is the fact that even today it still has an element of rediscovery. Like, 
Yeah. You get deeper into the album and there's always there's always moments where I just my brain just kind of goes, oh, I forgot about that. That's a bad ass. Um, mm. And so um, it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving um, from uh, from Mr. Bungle. So I but it, it, it went at number two because I feel like if you can take this idea, the idea of what Mr. Bungle is, which is a band that have always just gone with whatever they felt, whether they're like, this is going to be metal, this is going to be ska, this, we're going to be jumping from genre to genre, um, you know, randomly throughout a song, whatever it is that we're going to do. The fact that they could take that whole idea and then create what you just talked about being an accessible album, that to Mm. me is a fucking... Uh, feet in itself. Um, yeah. So Mr. Bungle goes number two because like when it comes to the more chaotic version of what they do, I think this is the best representation of it and it's still very enjoyable, but it didn't go number one because I'm, I still look at California, which I'll talk about later. And I, and I look at it and I go, this is beyond anything I would ever even start to think about putting together. Um, yeah, and, and the fact that well, I'll get into that album. My number two is Mr. Bungle from 1991. Let's that's 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 I'm gonna push the ball over to you so you can continue talking about Mr. Bungle from 1991, which is your number one. I don't know why I got loud there, uh, Mr. Bungle album. <laughs> I mean, damn dude, this was the first Mr. Bungle album I heard, and it just blows my fucking mind every time to this day that yeah. it exists you know um like quote unquote otherwise known originally as travolta but mm-hmm. renamed after a legal threat i believe uh is the is the only bungle song from their original run in the 90s to have a music video but like the music video was banned by MTV for featuring a ceiling of corpses hanging by their necks <laughs> um, you know go, you know going back to the travolta thing how was he able to take legal action is he the only person in the world whose last name is travolta like that that baffles me yeah <laughs> like yeah i i don't know maybe he was just like maybe someone snuck a, a bungle cassette onto his plane and he was like Oh, this isn't a rep- good representation of what I am. <laughs> you know, fucking, yeah, uh, yeah. I would, I would much prefer to be known as the guy from "Look Who's Talking." Because <laughs> uh, if you because if you remember, before he was reborn with Pulp Fiction, he was the guy, yeah, who was who was a star in the seventies, and then was more known for talking babies. So, I got, I got. Look who's talking one and two on VHS behind me somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a great opener. And I love that breakdown riff when shit just gets real with that. Like all of like the little components in there. But like that massive... Um, carnival stab like yeah. over the top to, to this day that's still one of the heaviest moments in any song I've ever heard because I think what yeah that is insane dude um slowly growing death 
I love how this song builds and the melodies are really memorable. Um, it's a very dynamic song. It starts building and building and building. Um, squeeze me macaroni. Like, damn, dude. Patton is just spitting bars on this track. So like this, this song and certain, I think it's really only on this album, but just like we could, cause eventually we'll probably, we'll get into it. But the, the, the feud with Anthony Kiedis yeah. from the red hot chili peppers. Now, every time I hear this song and a portion of this song, I go, it, it sounds like something that would have been off the second red hot chili peppers album. Yeah. <laughs> sex rap sex yeah and so yeah. and so it's interesting that like the the feud came from anthony kiedis i guess because of his state his stage persona when he had longer mm. hair he thought he was in the rapping part i guess he just thought he was i don't that whole thing confuses me because yeah. i was a fan of the red hot chili peppers too and i never saw mike Patton and went oh he's kind of like anthony kiedis Never, never fucking made that connection. I don't know why. Um, I think because it's, if you really look at what they're doing, they're both, it's very, it's very, it's different just because there's funky elements and metal elements in both of the things. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not either one of them. So I, what can I, wh- who the fuck am I? The one thing I will say, and I am on Patton's side in, in the feud, like if, if there is anything, cause like, I think well, I'm on, I, especially I, if what they said is true. That because yeah. what because what they said was years later, Mr. Bungle was supposed to be on a, f- a couple festivals that it just so happened the Chili Peppers were playing too, and the the rumor is that Anthony Kiedis had them removed from all these shows. Now, yeah. whether or not it was him or the management coming to him and saying you guys might want to take them off because this, I, I don't know why there, there's no rhyme or reason to that. But if that's true, yeah. then absolutely. I'm on the, the Mike Patton side of it because I'm just like, how fucking childish is that? Yeah. You Did know, you but, see the, re, re, you've seen the revenge show they played, right? Where they went oh, yeah. on stage as the chili peppers and just started doing impressions of them and shit. But like, um, well, where was I going with that? You were saying you're on the Patton side of things. I was on the patent side of things. The only thing I've ever heard on a Faith No More recording, for example, the only thing I ever heard remotely similar to Anthony Kiedis and his style. Have you ever heard that really early version? It's like a demo version that's not even really on any official releases. It just floats around. Um, But there is an early demo of Fallen to Pieces with... Mike Patton on it and there is a rap verse in it oh I don't know if I heard that yeah it's really cool because you do hear it and you think okay there is a bit of a Chili Peppers vibe there but that could be said for any funk rock band in the late 80s you know I mean there's still Um, a little bit of rapping on that song before the before the chorus but like said rap verse is is very it is very chilly, <laughs> like yeah. that part. That, but the, that didn't even make it to the album. So yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, if anything, I think they heard that part and they were like, ah, uh, there's already some guys doing that. But you know, we could, <laughs> we could fucking, we could speculate for days on that shit because you know we're not them. But it's, it, um, it's, it's weird because from 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 other accounts, the Chili Peppers guys are all really good dudes. 
So it's yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's strange. It seems out of character. Of uh, once again, we don't know. It, you can never really know people in huge bands and and how not only how their minds work, but also how driven they are by their management and lawyers and record labels and whatever. Um, either way, like there was no controversy with Mr. Bungle. Hmm. So that they shouldn't have been removed from any shows. I mean, even like there was even that thing where they, I think I read that they postponed the release of California because of Californication and they didn't want to have to compete with each other. I'm like, well, there's really no competition. Those people are not listening to Mr. Bungle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, But, uh, it's it's just weird because it's one of those things where I, I I I would like to know, but the only way to know is to crawl inside the minds of the individuals involved back when it was happening. Because at this point, any you know everything's taken with a grain of salt because it's like, well, you know, if from the from the facts I have, it seems like Anthony Kiedis was being a child, um, uh, but I don't know. And so that that's just unfortunate. That that always bums me out when it's just like, well, why hmm. why do people have to act that way? Or why or or if it's not their fault, if it's management fault or whatever, why do those fucking people have to do that sort of shit? It just it, yeah. it there's I don't know. Anyway, it, anyway, it is it is what it is. But I think I I think I read it may have been Trey who was talking about how you know that led to the demise of Mr. Bungle originally because. Hmm they had all these plans and all this like money to continue coming from these big shows. And then all of a sudden these were yanked out from under them. Um, Mm. And so they already had their internal struggles going on with working together on something like California and and the stuff that they did. But um, the fact that that led, if it, if it, if it wasn't, if it was a, a, a catalyst or whatever to, to the band ending, I'm like, man, that's just fucking awful. Um, Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so back to back to Mr. Bumble. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Carousel is just demented scar metal. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, Egg is to me the crowning glory of this album. So much happens in that song that just rules. Um, yeah. and it's such a journey. It's like ten minutes fucking long. Um, there's a lot of like movie samples and stuff that like tie this album together as well. In that, yeah. like any any moment where there's not music, there's some cinematic stuff going on, um, or or somebody or, taking a shit, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Stub a dub is uh, remember that Tom and Jerry thing I said earlier. The yeah. same thing applies here. Mm-hmm. Um, my ass is on fire. Uh, speaking of shit. Um, every time I take a regretfully hard shit from spicy food the night before, I put this song on my phone because if I'm going to be in that much pain, I'm at least going to laugh at it. And, you know, it's a good soundtrack. Um, (laughs) and I'm kind of talking to myself in the moment. You knew all along. God damn it. (laughs) But yeah, also that, that riff that shows up. Yeah. 
there are like, always like riffs that sneak in that I'm just like, that's fucking great. That that's sometimes those are riffs that yeah. you could you could take that and write an entire metal song out of you, or or something. Yeah, um, and they just have them in one part of a song, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, like I was showing my friend. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of my bandmates, the song "Girls of Porn" the other day. Mm-hmm. I was just dri- I was just driving around, and I was like, "Hey, check this out!" Stuck it on. He made nothing of the sex noises at the start because he thought, "Ah, oh, it's just a sleazy rock song." Mm-hmm. Like, that awesome riff immediately goes into like fucking police squad mode with the and all of a sudden, I gave him zero context going into it, and then I just start singing along to all the words. Yeah, it's, it's, it like start just singing about whacking off, and it was, it was just like, "What the fuck, man? What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, it's it was really funny. Uh, Loves a fist, some crushing riffage in this one, but there's yeah. so much other stuff too to this song. It's like you said, you could take that like that riff. And write a whole metal song around it, but nah. These guys are like, you're gonna hear it twice, tops. You're gonna fucking like it. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, you get Dead Goon. They saved the weirdest and most ambient track for last because this one, like, I don't know how to describe it other than it's much more soundscapey than like the rest of the full tracks on the album. Yeah. But you know, it's it's how the album flows, and I I, I love this album, and I yeah. listen to it right the way through because there's not a single moment on it that isn't entertaining. I, I um, absolutely agree. Yeah. So let's take a flight back over to California to yeah, wrap this my, up. My number one, California from 1999. Um, this may have been my number one album of the 1999 episode we did. I, I don't remember where it <laughs> fell. I think it might have been. Um, this uh yeah so this one if if you're if you're focusing on my personal taste this one's a more focused album and more song oriented um and yeah most accept accessible but also i i just think it's their most well crafted album because if you can give me songs that to some people would just com- be complete and utter chaos followed by a song <laughs> that's like absolutely beautiful that that to me is just amazing. And just and like I said, just the fact that they took all of these Mr. Bungle aspects and in some cases took them a step further, in other cases honed in on something. Um, and mm. I say they because I, I think that in this case there was some some individual songwriting and stuff like that. But um, just the fact that it that it's it's almost like a mixtape of these various aspects of Mr. Bungle that all at, at the same time, every time I listen to it, it feels like there's some sort of like cryptic musical theme that, that is yeah. there. It's there, but it's not apparent to where you could point at it and go, here's the theme. I don't know what it is. It's, it's sequencing or whatever. Um, and I also love the fact that they didn't go for the same thing again, because they, they could have just done a, another album where everything's all over the place all the time for an entire album. Um, to me, it's much more, you know, I'm the kind of person that like, I will listen to something like disco volante and I'll, and I'll go, I, I understand the patience 
and skill that you know that it took to put this together. At the same time, you bring to me an insanely memorable hooky three-minute pop song. I also look at that and go, that to me is just and on a different side of things, just as impressive. So if you can meet mm. in the middle and have some stuff where I could just go, I don't know how I'd ever even fucking start to learn how to write something like that. Alongside <laughs> with something where I go, that song's just fucking gorgeous. Then you got me. You, you've, you've got me with this album. And so that's why it goes, goes number one for me. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's just got... It's got every, I don't know, to me, it's just the, it's my go-to Bungle album just because it's got all of those aspects. Um, and, you know, not only do I think it's their Beth, Beth, Beth album, it's the Beth album oh. that they've ever done, Mr. Bungle. Um, <laughs> you sound like I, Jimmy from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. <laughs> I really do think that if you think about this album, it is like an unequaled masterpiece because like it's perfect to me, but is there any album that you can compare it to? Like there are other albums that are, that do like the yeah. genre hopping thing. Um, some albums that are like, you know, crazy and technical with all sorts of, you know, complicated struck song structures and, t- and tempo and timing changes and whatever. But what California is, it's like a unique thing where I'm like, there's no other album that has that same vibe and, and delivers in the way that this album delivers. It's, mm. it's on an Island by itself. And, um, definitely. And I mean, you do hear bands that try to do kind of odd stuff and sometimes it's really cool. Most of the time I'm like, well, not, you know, it's very cute, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I just, I just think that they, they fucking nailed it with this album. And, um, the fact that they came back and didn't try to do something like this again, the fact that they just came out with a full on metal album, that, that that's why I'm still on board with with this Mike Patton side project, because um, <laughs> if if they're going to if they're going to be unexpected, but also utterly pleasing at the same time, then yeah. I'm, on, I'm on board with whatever they decide like, to do next. I like the fact that. They always deliver on quality, but they're loyal to no one, you know? Yeah. It's like, we we do what we fucking want, and you'll love it because we're good at what we do. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and the, the, the weird thing is, I don't know if maybe, maybe you, I don't know if you've read things um, about this, but whenever, like, whenever I go look at, like, info about Mr. Bungle, Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo are usually listed as current members of the band. And I'm yeah. like, are they, are they considered part of Mr. Bungle now? Cause you know, I, to me, it was always like, Oh, they're getting them for this album and this tour. And, mm. and which is great. If that's all that they did, that's fine. But now I'm like, are, are they actually in the band or are we going to get something different with, with some different musicians next time? Um, cause I, cause I would be really happy either way because if they mm. just left the, the raging wrath as it is, as a thing that happened with these people, it's beautiful and whatever they do mm-hmm. next, I'm sure is going to be great. But me, especially being a huge fan of Scott Ian and old Dave Lombardo is an amazing drummer. So if they carry that over, I'm just like that either way, 
<laughs> I'm going to be, yeah. you know, very happy. But I don't know if, if you if you've heard it, it, or if it, is there it's it. I mean, who knows if Mr. Bungle is even continuing? They haven't said a fucking word. So, well, all I can say is any project that has Dave Lombardo on drums, a.k.a. Dead Cross, for example, is another mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And and Phantomas as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Phantomas like, also had um, Buzz Osborne. Buzz from, Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, dude. It's, it, it's wild that they're, you know, so close, isn't it? Like, you know, it's... I know a guy and it's just the dude from fucking Slayer. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like the amount of, the amount of, um, like, isn't Dave Lombardo joining Testament again? He's well? in Testament right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the thing. The amount of, you can always count on the drums being fucking awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I was kind of, I was kind of bummed that he left suicidal tendencies cause I liked what he was doing with that band and now he's in Testament. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm probably going to like this too. So fuck, I don't know whatever he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, man. But like, that dead, dead, dead cross for sure. I'm looking forward to that. Cause I loved that last album. Um, mm. and I've heard that this one's going to be produced by Ross Robinson. So I'm just like, all right, <laughs> let's fucking, <laughs> let's do it. Let's 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 Hell continue yeah. to make metal from people that don't like metal. Um, <laughs> whatever, I like it. Yeah, man. Oh god, my voice keeps cracking, dude. This is like the third one we, in a row. We yeah, we've we, we, we it's all right. We're, we're approaching the two hour mark here on this one, so you know we can. You we want can wrap, fries with that? <laughs> we can we can wrap this up because we did get to, through the Mister Bungle discography, which means as usual we have to celebrate by this. Uh, three, two, one, yeah! yeah! what was that that was that was voice crack yeah we did it um (laughs) yeah we did it Woo! just when you thought it was over um just when you thought we were done (laughs) i'm gonna run that to the ground yeah um i like guys i don't care i love that song um yeah anyway so yeah mr bungle um any any closing thoughts about mr bungle uh, I mean, dude, when it comes to, like, I didn't get into music to have fucking rules, <laughs> you know, uh, Mr. Bungle embodies that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and man, I feel the same way having done this episode, how I feel after a Mr. Bungle album, I think, damn, man. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've, I don't know when I've ever had such a conversation about all of this stuff. And it, like, even looking back through all of the stuff we've talked about, it's like, holy shit, there's so much to dig through. And yeah. even, even with the nearing the two hour mark, we scratched the surface of like the amount of shit that's on these albums, man. Yeah. It's, there's no, there's no way, especially with people like me and my limited vocabulary. Um, there, there's, there's, there's only so far I can go, um, before I just start yeah. saying things like that thingy they do there with the thingy. It's fucking cool. Um, yeah. Cause there's you, a lot of thingies got- with the thingies that are cool on all their albums. You know what? I, I, I listen to certain other podcasts like metal up your podcast, for example, they're both, professional touring musicians who make time for a podcast yeah you know in between right and some they'll they'll bust out the music theory and i'm thinking thank god i approached this as a fan because i am not 
the music theory guy in my no. band. Like the other two are. I'm just like, hey, uh, can you put a chunk of chunk and a over there? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's literally can, that's that's like if we were in a band together, that yeah. would be me. I would be like, okay, on this part, can you do a plaka plunka? Can you do that right there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you use the uh, whammy bar to do a we knew over on that part? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man um all right <laughs> <laughs> with um, that that being said i'm gonna I'm let you land this plane because yeah yeah I, we'll land this um so just so everybody knows um i don't even know if you remembered we're, we're taking next weekend off so there will be a, a gap for a week in um okay. our episodes um but we'll be back with another um fun episode of cranked and ranked um, those of you who lasted this long, you are one of the peanut butter platypuses. Um, and if any of you like super pretentious bungle fans made it all the way through, hate listening to us. Um, just you can lick just, my just, sack. <laughs> just so you know, um, if you put a whole lot of effort into, um, a YouTube comment where you're pretty much insulting, uh, me or Eddie, um, guess what happens to that? It just gets removed. Uh, because um, I have no time for that kind of bullshit. Um, if you want to have, if you want to say something thoughtful about how you feel that may differ from how we feel, absolutely, I'm all about everybody's opinions and everybody's angles on how they view things. But if you're a, if you're a uh, complete turd about it, um, yeah. I you don't even deserve um, a response from me. Um, so, but I'm sure none of them are listening. They fucking got tired of us, you know, an hour ago probably or more. Yeah. I, I uh oh, the, uh oh, we're farting. The, uh oh. <laughs> crazy, crazy boy. And that's Mr. Bungle, ladies and gentlemen. No. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, thanks everybody for listening. If you're listening via podcast platform of some kind, or uh, watching if you're on YouTube. Um, thanks for the support. Um, go buy some merch. Um, if you, if you are so inclined, um, there, there's been a, there's been a, there's been a stall on that. Does nobody want shit with our faces on it or my face? There's, I mean, I mean, come on, who wouldn't want these faces on a t-shirt? Give us money. money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's it. Um, uh, we'll see you, uh, in a couple weeks with a, with another new cranked and ranked. Um, but for now, as usual, I'm going to throw it over to my good man, Eddie Sparks, to take us out. Impotence. Boomerang. Later, dude. Later, dude. Later, dude. Later, dude. <laughs> there's no way I've been trying to put music under all of oh. these and that's there's no way that's happening I'm just gonna throw some fucking reverb under that <laughs> alright bye everyone later dude Woo.